When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello. Welcome to She Podcast, episode 347. I am your co-host, Jessica Kupferman. And with me, as always, my very crunchy co-host, Elsie Escobar. How are you today, Miss Elsie? I'm doing great. I'm, well, I mean, as great as I can. <laughs> it's today's well, Randy's birthday, you... actually. Who? Randy. Randy. It's his birthday. That makes him a Pisces? He is a Pisces. This explains so much. It does. It really does. For me, it does. Does it really? Mm-hmm. So I'm wearing a t-shirt. For those of you who can't see me, it says super thick. Mm-hmm. And the letters are in Superman type. And it's all in Superman colors. And fate made me put this t-shirt on today because a couple days ago, Isaac was saying that he was getting a little uncomfortable with how his belly was you know getting bigger and so you know we talked about healthier eating and agreed that we would you know try to eat healthier snacks which he's been avoiding for whatever reason and then um this morning right as we're about to walk out the door he says this kid at school's out because he doesn't have school today so they're all at the j for like a day of funny games like swimming and whatever and he says on friday this kid carter called me fat Mm. and i was like oh really and he said yeah and he said he was gonna punch my belly because it was so fat what and i was like i beg your pardon excuse me and he was just like yeah and he kept calling me ethan is another one of his good friends ethan who's like you know a little taller than isaac but around the same size he told me he was gonna punch ethan and he was he kept calling me ethan and calling him isaac and said we look alike because we're so fat and i was like (sighs) cool so still wearing this shirt, no thought to it whatsoever. I get to the JCC and I was like, look, you got to keep that kid away from my kid because this is the first time in seven years he's ever said that he's not happy with the way he looks. And finding out that it was because of another kid makes me very upset because all along we've been telling him that your size doesn't matter. It's not going to prevent you from being successful or being a nice person or getting married that you you know, that it's like the least important thing about you is the things that you look like. I mean, he's healthy, so he doesn't have to worry about that. I mean, the fact that he told me that the other day that he was upset about it, I thought was just his own personal, like, I'm getting slower or whatever. I didn't right. know it was because another kid told him that there was something wrong with it. Mm-hmm. So I said to them, I was like, this is the first time in seven years that he doesn't like the way he looks because of something that happened here. And I'm really disappointed. This is the same woman that, like, I swear she used to teach in public school because they have the same cadence of, like, they always say the same things that they think I want to hear. Like, thank you for telling me. We really appreciate the communication. Like, saying stuff without saying any stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll keep an eye on it. We can't keep them apart because they're the same age and they're going to be together. But we'll definitely keep an eye on it. And I was like. Sure. Okay. Keep an eye on it. But also, I'd really like you to tell their parents. So 
she kind of hemmed and hawed about it. And then I leave. And then Scott, I tell Scott what happens. Oh, my God, you guys. He called her up and ripped her a completely new set of legs. He was just like, oh, my God. It was terrible. He was just like, I'm going to unleash a social media rant on this place. I went here when I was a kid. This is my JCC. I'm not going to have my kid bullied in my own JCC. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I feel bad for her now. <laughs> she is so mad. Uh-huh. But yeah, so Jenny is saying fat phobia is the worst in bullying. And I'm sorry that happened to him. Me too. Because he has a spirit. He has an unsquashable spirit and enthusiasm for life. And I don't want him to pick out his clothes based on what he has to hide. And that's what's going to happen now. Like, it's all going to happen now. All the stuff I've been trying to avoid all this time Um, is now going to start because he's seven. And some dipshit kid told him he was fat. Which, by the way, he already knows. He has a mirror. He knows that he used to be thinner and now he's fat, fatter or heavier. He calls himself burly, actually, which is hilarious. Burly? uh, He's burly? Is that what he calls himself? He must have asked his teacher if he was fat and she said, I think you're burly. Oh. I was like, hey. But anyway, yeah, I'm glad I wore this today because I hope that it emphasized it. And she was not planning on saying anything to the kid's parents because it happened Friday instead of today she was just like well it's too late to say anything and he was like the fuck it is he goes you're gonna call their parents and you're gonna tell them or you're gonna give me their number and i'll call them instead and she was like wow yeah he was mad and i don't and then and then poor thing his mother comes down and he goes i'm grouchy because someone said something about isaac's weight to him and if you say one fucking word about dessert or weight i'm gonna kill you and your mother too (gasps) he just went off on her she didn't even she just said good morning she didn't do anything Right, but he was just like, yeah. he's, not, he's gonna be mad about it all day now. I'm sure. Husky, I know husky is a good word too. I like burly. Husky's good, but it also, you know, for some adults that has a negative connotation. For some adults, I mean, it's a cute. I think it's a, it's a cute word, which is why they named the, the fluffy kid sizes husky. I mean, I say fluffy too. That's what Emily used to say. I don't know what to talk about in regards to it, and I, I always know what I'm talking about. Overweight stuff with Elsie. She's always speechless because. Of course, she's never, ever had to deal with anything like that before in her entire adult life. But perhaps her children have or will. I don't know. I know you have teenage daughters and they're not always that satisfied with the way that they look yep. and feel in their skin. But that's normal for a teenager anyway. Yeah. Um, there. I mean, you have to understand that it's, yeah. You know, I had my own body things when I was younger. Yeah. Um, you know, especially when I was a teenager and whatnot. And I didn't I don't think I even really liked my shape until I was in my mid 30s. Oh, and, my God. That's a long you know, time, Elsie. You always look at yourself, even when you're in your body, you don't really see. And again, this is by far nothing of I've always been about the same size. Like, in all honesty, that's a privilege that I've had in terms of my genes. But it's weird how the mind can really manipulate all of the things. So even though I have been fluctuating from, I would say, five to maybe 10 pounds back and forth all of my life, which is pretty astounding for a lot of folks, Mm -hmm. my own sense of myself didn't think so. I got caught up in the minutia. Like I started, I, I used to measure my waistline. And I used to measure my thighs when I was in ninth and 10th grade. does that too. Ninth and 10th grade. And then I would read shape magazine and I would work out in my bedroom. I would do all the exercises. I was always, always really, really engaged with 
health and fitness and working out and all that stuff. But I always thought like a number would do it. So it's like I had to have like, you know, whatever inches. And if it was another inch, then it was not the optimal and your thighs touching and all of these things that I was obsessive about without seeing the whole. And nobody really called me names and things like that. You still don't believe people when they tell you that you look nice or, oh, you're so beautiful. You're so pretty. Oh, look at how nice that is. You don't believe it because whatever is in your head is stuck in this loop. Yeah. And again, I'm just saying that that's a thing and I recognize it, but I do know that my child, both of them are having very hard time being in their new bodies. And I don't know how to help that because I didn't know how to help it until I turned 35. You know, Patrick is saying that public school in the 80s and 90s had a problem with fat shaming. It was more than just fat shaming because I wasn't fat, but I was extremely unathletic, clumsy, bookish, Mm. uninterested, and limbs like noodles. No strength whatsoever. So like anything I threw went nowhere. Anything I tried to catch smacked me in the face. So like I was a goddamn disaster in gym. So it wasn't really about fat shaming. And actually, I was just thinking about this yesterday. Like my father is like me. He's not particularly athletic. I mean, he's very smart and bookish and wore glasses and whatever. And I was thinking about how shitty it must have been in the 60s and 70s when everyone was like, everyone wants to date the football quarterback or, you know, the jock at school. Like those bookish kids probably were just like invisible to every girl because if they weren't on the football team or the baseball team, that must have sucked. Isn't that still kind of happening, but it's just a different type of now it's like, oh, yeah, it is. But it's just a different one. It's not the jocks. It's like the cool hipster people. Yeah, but reading a book, nobody would come up, pick up that book and bonk you on the head with it like they did then. Like people were just mean and call them nerds and geeks and stuff like that. If they even remotely, you know, did well in athletic or uh, academics. Oh, Oh, so Carrie says, I went through the same thing with my son. We focused on health. He ended up losing 200 pounds a year ago and he's kept it off on his own. That's really good. I don't know how old he is, but that's amazing. Yeah, I think that Carrie, it would be great if you shared, if you don't mind how old he is because we are in that conversation with my my because also my son eldest. only weighs 100 pounds <laughs> my, so you can't do that he my eldest some... is like you know we've been trying to yeah. instill in her actually it is more about that self thing right that internal thing because sometimes i tell her honestly i said i don't know like i know that you're unhappy about some of these things and when i was unhappy about some of the things I had an internal compass to do something about it. Like my parents never said you should do these things. They Nobody said that to me. I did it all. So if I was unhappy with whatever part of something, I looked for a solution and I started to do the thing. Like I had, how, how do you say that? Like the, an internal, what is it? Self-starter? I don't know if that's yeah. a... But the thing is that even that implies she needs to do something. I understand that. But you know what, Jess? She does. How come she's not just have a different body type? Like, why? Is How, she no, no, no. Because there? there's a difference between having a different body type and being in the bedroom or on the couch without moving the entire day. True. But what if those things don't interest her, though? Do you understand that the biggest killer right now is being sedentary and not standing up or walking? Yes. And I'm sure that having okay. a daughter like that must be very difficult. But all, no, but, say, but all I'm saying is that is the biggest reason that there's there are health issues happening in the world. 
And that includes me, meaning I can look super skinny, but if I'm seated down the entire time, it gives me a higher chance of so many awful things happening in my body because sitting up, reaching out to grab something, make doing a twist, like meaning picking something heavy up and moving it to the other side. Basic functioning in my body is not being executed. And it's just allowing for a complete misalignment of our own systems to work optimally so that we stay healthy. That is so important to me. So I don't care about the size. I care about move. The best way to impact mental health is to move. Okay. Just do me a favor. Before you give her that speech. It's already done, dude. You should say to her every single time is you are perfect and beautiful exactly the way you are. You don't need to change one thing about you. That said, if you are uncomfortable, it's probably because you're not moving as much as you used to. I mean, you know, but don't give her a speech about how, again, because you're making her feel responsible and, and she may not be responsible. Like she may grow out of it or she may have a certain dietary need right now that she's not going to need later, or she may just be a heavy, you know, prone to being heavier than you and may. She may just, you know, I mean, sedentary could be she's a low energy person. It could be because she's not interested in doing athletic things. She's more interested in stuff that happens indoors. It could be a lot of things. If she thinks, and at the same time, you think something's wrong with her, it'll make her feel shittier, though. Right. But here's the thing, though. There's another aspect of this, which is about the fact that, let's say, I do currently know that I have ADHD, even though I haven't been Mm -hmm. properly diagnosed or whatever. Yes, Jenny. So knowing now my child does, my my May May has been tested and she also has ADHD. So mm-hmm. that is something that I need to, at this point in time, knowing what I know about the way that I behaved in my life with the type of brain that I have, it would behoove me to let May May know that her brain works this way. These are some things that are troublesome and that can, are going to be challenging for you. Mm-hmm. And therefore, these are some paths that you need to really pay attention to in order to do the things that you want to do in your life. Some of these are having to work around the way that your brain works. And there are going to be some things like, you know, one of the key things the psychiatrist said to us was, if she needs to take a test at school, she needs to be in her own space. And we need to advocate for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if we add a layer of propensity towards diabetes, propensity towards Breast cancer, propensity towards what's that? Blood pressure. No, I'm talking about my other child. Okay. So then, like, if you have that propensity, which is also something that happens with in my family, we do have propensities towards these things. I have a heart thing that could possibly be something that I need to and have had to take into account. Right. So Mm -hmm. that means that in order for me to be at my optimal, I do need to do these things in order to survive. So I can't just allow myself to just be, oh, whatever, I'm just going to chill out and not do these things because I have to work on my heart. I have to be able to make sure that I don't move into a place of anemia or diabetes or low blood sugars, which is something that happens with me. So I have to manage that and I can't do some things. So that's what you have to really appeal to. And even if it's like, oh, you shouldn't eat those Like you can eat whatever you want. You can just sit down and not do these things. No, it's actually going to be really unhealthy for me to do that. 
So I it have is. to prepare my child. That's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about to her about that you're perfect. Of course. But yeah, but they don't know that. Yes, no, it does. Course. You can totally explain these things to, yes, absolutely. I also have addiction in my, in my family from both sides. Both of my children do. Alcoholism and drug addiction on one side and alcoholism on the other side. It would behoove us to be able to go understand to them and say, this is a propensity that is in your DNA and in your genes. You need to understand that some of these things could be problematic to you. We have addicted personalities in our families. Therefore, please be mindful about these things. It's different than food. One what thing. about diabetes and heart disease and all of those things? Should I just be like, no, but teenagers and children, unless they have an immediate risk, are not going to give a shit about that. They won't care about that till much later. You caring about it, if they're oppositional, will make them want to sneak sugar. They will hide it from you and possibly binge more if you're being strict about it. And but what if they this, can't have it. so think about the perspective of everything that you're advocating for Isaac right now, for sure, which is great. What if it doesn't matter how much you advocate and his world starts to really feel, starts to really dim his light? No, well, we are making changes though. I, to, I mean, I, I, we are making changes. I told him that, we're not going to have any more junk food. We're not going to have any more things that are bad for us. I printed out a list of healthy snacks for the fridge so that if he needs to feed himself, he can pick one of the things, string cheese, yogurt, banana, peanut butter, you know, whatever, peanut butter and celery, oatmeal, whatever, that he can have one of those things. Part of the reason I think that he is a little fluffier than normal is because he was playing three sports when the pandemic started. And then now he plays none because COVID keeps coming and going and coming and going. So we are going to, I told him, I signed up for the swim team. Then he said he didn't want to do it. So we're going to looking at jujitsu and we're looking at um, soccer shots and a couple other things that he might want to do. And I think that will help. But also everyone that I live with has this like overactive sense of taste and smell. Their food enjoyment is like on a whole nother level, I think, than most people because like they can taste the ingredients, each one. My mother-in-law is the one that like walked into my house and knew there were bugs burning in my lamp. Like she could smell them. Like that shit is crazy. Right. And he's one of those people. He just like loves to eat and all the different foods and he can't stand not tasting what everyone else has. And it's not because he's starving. It's just because it's fun for him because he has this propensity for, you know, being able to enjoy it, things differently than me. Certainly I don't give a shit if I ever eat, honestly. It was all, I, if I could take a pill for three meals... I would. I don't give a shit about eating. And then, see, I love eating. I, I, I love it. I don't care for it. But Frankly, I, I don't care for it. But I, I also know it. that ADHD people medicate with food and sugar because sometimes it's that dopamine high. And there's an um, Instagram person who does nutrition for ADHD. And she kind of is like, you know, these people are going to do this. They are definitely more geared towards being a little heavier because they – medicate with something that will give them a quick high because their brain needs it. So, mm. I mean, there's just stuff to think about, but. And um, Jenny, I did pull up that podcast. You said, I really recommend checking out maintenance phase. Um, I'll check it out. Absolutely. It's a podcast front with Aubrey Gordon and Michael Hobbs. It says that it debunking the junk science behind healthy fat, health fads, wellness scams, and nonsensical nutrition advice. So we're going to check it out. We'll put it in links in the show notes just for that. 
so that we can check it out for sure. And also, I think that Carrie also mentioned this, which is something that is very, very important because the daddy, my, you know, uh, the daddy of the house, her father is absolutely insulin resistant for sure. And he has been working really, really hard to manage his blood sugars. And so blood sugar conversations have been a huge part of our conversation at home because it's interesting how everybody processes a lot of this food differently for each of our bodies. So we are absolutely aware of all of those things. And he's been really, really, it's amazing what he has done with his own management of his own body. Because one of the biggest things that he's doing now, he is a year younger than I am, he's 49, is that he refuses to lose his health. And so he is working towards being as strong as he possibly can for the rest of his life for our children. And he is like, it has to be dealt with. And I know my hormones are off because of his body type and the way that he manages his sugars and how it affects him. So he's really been managing a lot of that from his own. He's got like a, you know, he's measuring like blood sugar spikes and through the day and working out every day and being moving every day and intermittent fasting and all kinds of very interesting things that he's been doing. And it's been really working for him. He's he's doing fantastic in so many different ways that I haven't seen him Great. do before. Yeah. So in that respect, he's doing really, really awesome. I didn't mean no. for it to be this much of a tangent. I just I just think it's not a crime to be fat. That's all. No, that is absolutely correct. Like, You're absolutely but that correct. Is the, about that. But that is the general consensus. Yes, it is. And and I've worked really hard to make sure that his self-worth isn't measured by what he looks like, especially his weight. And I feel like it got ruined. Yep. Um, and I'm mad about it. Okay. The other thing I wanted to say is that I killed one of my hermit crabs by accident. <gasps> I found him underneath a log with no shell. He probably froze to death because it's so cold in here. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I know that you really loved him. Dude. Oh, no. All right. Can we talk right. about some podcasting related things now? Yes. Um, okay. Before we get into this stuff, let's just tell you quickly about Linktree. Linktree is the way that you can thread everything you do with a single click. Basically, you put the one Linktree link on all of your bios as your main link. And then when people click it, it pulls up your website, your social, your shop, your, all the, uh, you know, your Venmo, your PayPal, all the other things that you want people to do, your Patreon, et cetera. You can set it up to do anything you want, share your entire online world, monetize the work that's gotten everyone's attention. Go ahead to linktree.com and get three months free of Linktree Pro with the coupon code SHEPODCAST. So linktree.com. Coupon code she podcast for three months free. Love the it. Yes. yes, baby. We got Linktree. All right. All so, right. Moving on to some news. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. Okay, so something I didn't put in here and I'm just going to mention, but we are not going to talk about it. Okay because I forgot, is that Spotify just purchased Chartable and Pod Sites. Oh, my God. So that's been the news cycle. I'm just mentioning it because everybody's talking about it. You really want to throw that out there and then not say a word about it? No, we're not going to talk about it because I don't know enough to comment. So I'm just letting you know. These are the news. Spotify purchased Pod Sites and Chartable. Okay, we'll talk about it in another episode. And if you want to know more in our insight, send us feedback. Feedback at com. Ask us about it. 
And that way I'll know you want to know our opinion. Okay. I'll give you a quick insight. They got a lot of cash. (laughs) Who? Spotify? Yeah. Yes. They got a lot of cash and and there must be a strategy in there somewhere. And I can't wait to figure out what it is. Anyway. Seems to just be a big old bunch of purchases. Oh my God. All right. Well, we are going to talk about the super listeners though. Yeah, um, let's do that. Edison mm-hmm. Research and Ad Results Media just had their yearly, I guess, presentation of super listeners. And they it was the yes. super listeners of 2021. And there were a lot of really interesting things that went down with these super listeners. And one of them was the fact that, <laughs> of course, that, that you can actually, you'll have see a link in the show notes and then you're going to be able to check it out in it, all in its entirety, which has a ton of of different information. But just to let you know what super listeners mean in this study is somebody who listens to at least five hours of podcasts or audio a week. Okay, five hours, podcast listeners, five hours. Um, That's it. Yeah. So demographically speaking, super listeners tend to be men. Also, demographically speaking, uh, super listeners tend to be between. Actually, it's like a pretty huge um, amount of of folks from 25 to 44 years old. That's the largest chunk that are super listeners. So it's nice to see that 27%, which is actually the largest chunk of that, are 25 to 34-year-olds, which means it's much younger demographic, which is fabulous. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to the ethnicity of the podcasters, 72% are white. So that means that those people who love to listen to podcasts and are constantly listening to podcasts are primarily white. So these are the, you know, at least five hours per week. They listen to podcasts. so much. At least that's 72%. Yeah. 13% Hispanic or Latino and 10% African-American. So already you'll start to see that this is a cold now that you kind of see the ethnicity, the demographics and the age and all of that stuff for these listeners, then you can you can kind of get an idea of why their behavior is what it is when you start to see everything else. One of them is that they all are essentially really gung ho about paying for subscriptions. So so they already have like, you know, all the premium things. They are Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, all of those things. Showtime, Sling, DirecTV, YouTube TV. Yeah. 94% have any of these. So not all of them, but any, right? Which is a huge percentage. And you'll see that obviously. So that would say white, mostly men in between 24 to 35 are used to subscribing and paying for these things and also consuming a lot of content. So you kind of see what that reflection is with all of those things. Now, there's another piece of information here that I thought, oh my gosh. Oh, and then the other thing that they say is that one of the reasons that they do this is so that they can control what they're listening to the most, which is I think it's it's true. Absolutely. And the other one is because they also don't want to hear as much ads from all the other places. Mind you, though, they're also really pro-advertising, meaning that about 50% said that advertising on a podcast is the best way for a brand to reach them. That's pretty amazing, right? But now there are a couple of things in here where 
I was a little astounded. One of them was that they listen to the podcast primarily still through YouTube, then Spotify. I know that's Apple Podcasts. So YouTube is in a recurring story for a lot of these surveys (laughs) that it just keeps coming up. It just will not go away is what we're saying. It's not going away. We have to do it on YouTube. It's very annoying, but there we have it. Yes, absolutely. It's it's pretty crazy. Mind you, the majority about, oh gosh, uh, I would say about 60, almost 60% listen in either Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts as like their main place to listen. So those three platforms seem to be obviously the ones that are leading stuff. Now, I want to kind of talk about some of the advertising stuff because this specific listener report will be really good, I believe. For all of us, regardless of what the demographic shows, because, you know, white younger men is not us. (laughs) It's not me, but we can use this data to sell our own advertising into our own podcasts and kind of create the story to really help because it really has all of this information about are you more apt to purchase a product when you're listening to a podcast? Yeah, or do right. you trust the story of the podcaster to use the product? How often do people really That's right. Buy it's things? measuring influence compared yeah. to other mediums, which is really important when you're selling sponsorships specifically on your show. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the biggest percentage points here is appreciation, which is very interesting for super listeners that if you appreciate like 64% appreciate podcast advertisers for supporting the favorite podcasts, which is pretty great that that's the Mm -hmm. thing that's happening in the podcasting space. And there's another bit of data here. And so this is a really interesting thing where they ask the people when price and quality are equal, you prefer to buy products from companies that advertise on or sponsor the podcasts you regularly listen to. And 53% agreed, which is a really huge thing. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is super incredible. The kind of power that a super listener has. Do you know what's even more interesting is that most of these people are watching shows on YouTube where guarantee you they're skipping ads. Yeah. Every single time. So they will they will press that skip ads button and then listen to and comply with whatever we say. Yeah. How crazy is that? I know. Oh, oh, that's the other thing that was in this report, y'all. So they broke it down this in this really great way. So they broke it down in asking the people, obviously, in the survey, what kind of advertising most resonated with them and were more apt to have an impression on them so that they would buy the product. And hands down, conversations between the hosts about their lived experience with the product was the best way to get to do it. That was the best way. And I want to see in the chat for those, by the way, y'all, she podcasts the recording happens or or this streaming live. We do it every Monday at 1 p.m. on Facebook and on YouTube. So if you want to catch us live, you can participate as well. But I have a question for those of you who are still here live. What do you think? Don't say anything, Jess. What do you think the lowest 
type, like the kind that people don't really like at all in terms of ads inside of podcast is. We can Cheryl just talk about says it. the ones that got inserted in the middle of a sentence and Carrie says dynamic non-host. Well, Carrie for the win. That's yeah. Carol, you're not wrong, but specifically yes. the ones that are pre-recorded and and not done or baked in. Right? Not live. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> John, can you go back and pull tape of every time I've ever said they should stop doing dynamic ad insertion? Or is it just too many times to mention? Too many times. Too many times. Too many times. Too many times. And I don't mean to say that, you know, I told you so, but here's what I will say. I love being right. I know. So right? much. Mind you. Okay. As a super pod, a super, super, super podcast listener, can I tell you what annoys me about these dynamic ad reads? What? Is it volume changes? The volume. That's what kills me about it. Yeah, the volume. That's not it. Oh, my God. That What Ew. upsets me the most is that podcasters, and this is my opinion, these opinions are my own, do not set up for these ads. Like uh, Cheryl said, they crowbar them in the middle of a sentence. They'll be talking, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, me undies. And I'm like, what? What just happened? Yep. Yeah. Did, did I just hit a button on my phone and it changed? If you're going to do these ads, yeah. you should set up for these ads. Yeah. Correct. And I think Carrie, Eric well, is Carrie in there. was saying you can do host red dynamic ads. Yes, you can. However, inevitably, it was produced differently than the way you're talking right now. So, like, for example, Sleep With Me will do host red, you know, about me undies or whatever, but he's already started to like help you drift off to sleep by doing this whole mumbling thing. And all of a sudden it was like, before we get started me on. And it's like, right. It scares the bejesus out of you. Even if you're not trying to fall asleep, it's such a different audio. It's like, it's like you've been transported from like California to Delaware all of a sudden, like stay where you are. I mean, it's just easier if it's baked in because it all goes, you know, it's all the same volume yeah. level and produced similarly. Yeah, a great it, Yes, of course. A good editor can pull it off, Carrie mentioned. And here's the thing, Not because I think John doesn't have one because I'm sure I, he does. I think John really nailed this one though, is the fact that if you are looking to monetize or using specifically dynamic ads, the way in which you record your show needs to be a framework that has that mindset already where you know. In the first 10 minutes after, you know, the second segment, there's always a spot of pause or music or a transitional something that can easily be found every single time so that when the dynamic ads are inserted, they are beautifully already added into the mix. Like it's already pre-done for you because you're waiting for them. The second thing is, just like what Carrie said, that good editor would be able to then manage or a producer or an executive producer for the show be able to before the you take the ads listen to the ads everything is exported at the same loudness level with the same kind of encoding everybody's using the same setup so that it sounds as if they are baked in that is also a thing but it takes forethought and it takes a lot more extra planning in order for that to happen because if not it's not going to work. It's still right. going to sound weird, but it can be done, but it requires thoughtfulness and planning. 
I have heard some folks that have been using dynamic ad insertion with ads and it sounds great. And I also have heard the difference. And the thing is, people seem to think that dynamic ad insertions or anything that's like programmed into the ad is really as easy as turning on a switch and it's going to magically work. It's just going to magically work. Automation. Oh my God. No, that does not happen. So you have to really think about that. I have a client. And she and her friend do a podcast about all the housewives of every city. Yeah. And then she says to me, I have four ads and I need you to put in four breaks for four ads. So what I do is I go until they end a topic and then I have a little music sweeper that goes in and then there's a half a second of silence and, a, and another music sweeper that comes out and it goes right back into the conversation again. And I set that up in four different spots. Throughout the episode, I try because it's usually it's about a, who can talk an hour and a half about the ladies of the housewives or whatever. I probably could if I was a, into it, but <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So then I set them up about they're about twenty minutes apart through the whole episode, and I set them up, and there's music and transition. But what happens is, like you said, you got to plan for this. Mm-hmm. If you don't plan for it, when you go to set a dynamic ad, it just waits for a part of silence. And if you just think for a second, if you're in the middle of a sentence and you think, next thing you know. Me undies. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And I don't know in a dynamic setting like that, you don't pick your ads. So as, as an editor or a producer, I don't know if you can pick those ads and see if they're, and listen to them beforehand to see if they're any good, you know, if the sound quality is good. John, I believe that there are, it depends on the campaign and the type of ad that you are participating in. Is, is That's what I be- believe you have the opportunity to do. Mind you, there are places like Anchor, usually monetizes or they used to, I don't know if they still do that, but before they would run, you know, their own ads into a lot of the free content in there. And actually they would be able to sort of pay the producers that way that they would essentially do that. They were running their own ad inventory in there. And I believe that the podcasters would just choose whether or not they were okay with that. And they would, you know, either allow that insertion of the ad or not. In that case, I don't know if they have a choice of the levels, I do believe they have a choice maybe in the ad insertion part, but maybe it's just a pre-roll at the beginning or maybe like something like a post-roll at the end or something. I don't know. To be totally forthcoming, the two uh, hosting companies that I've worked with to add with ad insertion is Megaphone and Spreaker. I haven't worked with any other client that uses a dynamic ad insertion in their audio. So I haven't worked with anybody else that does it. These are the only two that I know of. You go in, you pick the time where you want it, and then you set the time where it comes in, and then it'll come at that time. If not, like I said, it'll pick a spot of silence, Mm -hmm. and then, wee-hee, here comes the ad. Yeah, Yeah, it's a little crazy. And this is something to think about. Carrie also says it's also unfortunate when you're criticizing a company or service, and then you play an ad for that company or service, you have to be super intentional where you place the ads. Absolutely. I mean, come on. It's like, there's so many things, so many variables, but alas, yes, we do have an issue sometimes when it comes to the dynamic stuff. But if you are interested in this data, particularly for those of you who are looking to get sponsors for your show, you are pitching something related to your show, specifically with your podcast feeling a lot of this, this is possibly going to be a wonderful study for you to quote in your one sheets or in your sponsor decks. So check, take a look at our show notes and make sure that you are getting over there and, and downloading the PDF that Edison Research and Ad Results Media have put out because it is a fabulous, it's a 
fabulous. 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 All right. Can before you do this, I just have one other thing that has come up is with the ads that you read, what happens is sometimes the codes, like if you have an ad code for, I don't know, a discount code of this, it goes away, but it's still in your back catalog. So if somebody hears that advertisement and goes in and goes to use that code, it's not available anymore. So that's the other part. That's the one bad part about baked in, baked in. That's the only thing. Yeah, for sure. There's sometimes that happens and well, you know, I mean, if you want to be extra, because I have seen some producers that have done that, they actually cut out and they re-upload their files, which is a whole lot of work. Yeah. Extra. That's a whole lot of work. All right. So let's talk about, Jess, I know you're going to be like, oh my God, but I have to talk about this. I have to, because now I've had these for a while. So we're going to be looking for some tool tips. We're going to move to some tool tips now. Elsie's tool tips. Okay, so I am going to be talking about two separate headphones. Jess, have you seen these? Sure, um, was kind enough to send me a couple of uh, headphones. I got them, I would say, I got them about right around my birthday. So I've had a couple of weeks to play with these. And I have put them through their paces. So I have now an opinion about these for sure. So let's start with the pretty ones. (laughs) I'm only saying the pretty ones because I'm very vain when it comes to my tech gear. As you know, Jess, I was like, you know, even the camera I bought with with the Sony camera, I had to get the white one. Like I'm really into just the colors of things. So we Mm. are going to talk about first, I have some nice cans and they're massively huge. (laughs) Whoa. Yes. Whoa. Okay. So this is, these are the first cans, if you will. These are the Shure Ionic 40. You can see that. These are Bluetooth headphones. Okay. They come in black. Oh, yeah. I've seen them. I think I have seen them. And uh, white. Okay. They also have a beautiful little case, which I don't have up here so that you can see how pretty the case is. It's a hard case that you can definitely put them in and it's, it's a very sturdy thing. So the first thing that I have to say is that the build of these is beautiful. It's a beautiful build. They are very sturdy. They don't feel flimsy at all. They feel like they are going to last. The leather little thingy majiggers where that you put on your ears, that leather thing is super soft and awesome. they feel very high quality, high build all the way around. So I've been testing these. They have paired seamlessly with everything I own. So iPad, iPhone, computers, I can definitely hear very well through them. I am a huge fan of being able to have these and people can hear me talking through the microphones seem to be a fairly solid microphone when I'm on Zoom calls and things like that. All of the usability of them is been fantastic. So these are all the pros that I'm going to give you. They do have a little sort of noise canceling thingy majigger with them, but the <laughs> I haven't heard too much of a difference with the noise canceling, maybe because I also have the quiet comfort ones and I also have the AirPods Pro. Yeah. Those feel like they have a stronger noise canceling thing happening with them. It's a little bit clearer, right? Sure, um, you mean? No, the the Bose uh, Quiet oh, Comfort. Yeah, Bose, you can't hear a thing. Yeah, the Bose Quiet Comfort has a really, it's wonderful. So when it mm-hmm. comes to those two, the AirPods Pro and the Bose Quiet Comfort, they have better 
noise cancellation than these do, but these are still pretty good. And they feel, again, they look and feel great. And I really, really dig that. For the most part, they're comfortable, but you have to understand that I am a power user. Okay. So (laughs) I don't just use headphones for a little bit. I use them for long periods of time because I'm constantly listening. I don't know if I have the weight here to tell you what this is about, but they are heavier than the, and I'm only using the Bose Quiet Comfort because that's something that I've been using for a while. The Bose Quiet Comfort are very light and you can wear them for a long time. Do you agree, Jess? Yeah, except for if you have puffy hair, it's a little bit of a problem. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, it's great. Otherwise, it's great. Yeah. So these are, I would say for me, much heavier, much heavier. So if I wear them for a longer period of time, the top of my head starts to hurt like this, you know, that because it's so heavy and pulling them down so that like it kind of hurts at the top. Mind you, again, I am a power user, so I'm using them a lot. So that's something I don't really like about them. And also the other thing that it has that I don't like is that when you, you have to push to turn it on and to turn it off. And it's got this sound that sounds like the car starting mm-hmm. and it has two separate sounds like the car starting, like, or, but I can't tell the That's difference. Bizarre. What's yeah, that about? I can't tell the difference. I don't know. Like there's been times when they have been on when I thought it was off and I have to go in there and kind of mess around and I don't see a light. So there are some things that I'm not too keen on when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. And also I haven't figured out how to easily do the volume buttons. Like in the quiet comfort, I can do it really, really quickly. And even though I know where they are, I often don't do it. I I'm get confused. I, I end up using the iPad or the phone to turn the volume down instead, even though it's built in. Mm-hmm. One other really wonderful thing about these is the battery life. The battery mm-hmm. life in these things is crazy. There's a point there that I used them at least six hours a day, two or three days in a row. Wow. I want to make it run out of batteries. I had to force it to run out of batteries. Wow. So that was amazing. So that is the these guys. So if you guys want an alternative to the quiet comfort, I think that these are great. If you're a power user or a power wearer of things, maybe the quiet comfort would be your thing. But these are sturdy. The box is great. I love this as an addition to the things that I'm doing. So thank you, Shore, for sending these along. They're a really beautiful choice. And again, aesthetically, I really, really dig them. So Mm. there's that. Now Very let's nice. talk about this one. This is the Shure. Can you see it? The Shure SRH 440A. Um, these are the professional studio headphones. So I've never owned professional studio headphones before. And now I have them. These are so comfy. Mm-hmm. So comfy. <laughs> super light. They are super light little headphones. These are so comfy here. The squishy things around your ears are amazing. And these are the big cans that John was that he sent. Big cans. These are huge. Look at, look at, I'm putting them on right now, but see how big these things are. I have some nice cans and they're (laughs) massively huge, (laughs) but they're cute. They're like, I mean, they're super comfy. I love these things. The build of these are, is really solid too. They're not as solid as the Ionic forties. Those are like metal. This is more plastic, 
but it's super light. I can wear these for a much longer amount of time. And they have this cord that is miles long. Look at this thing. It is, it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going. It is the longest cord that ever was created. And I think it's awesome and it's really thick. So I've been using this when I record the feed. I've been using this when I'm editing on the Mac mini. I'm using it when I am editing with my whatever, whenever I'm editing anything at all, I grab these because I just feel so much more comfortable with them on and I dig them a lot. Now, is is the cord detachable? It is not. It is just, it is not detachable. Oh, wait, hold on. It is detachable. (gasps) Yes, the cord is detachable. Look at that, Harry. Thanks for asking that question. Yes, absolutely. I don't know. Yes, the cord is detachable. And they are so good. These are, um, oh, and I didn't tell you the prices because the prices are not cheap. So (laughs) the short. I mean, they never are for good headphones, though. We know that. Yeah, these these beautiful, um, the professional studio headphones are $99. So they are not inexpensive. But if you were to invest in a pair, these are great. I really dig them. Although I've never owned a pair, so I don't have a comparison like I do with the Quiet Comfort. The Quiet Comfort are also a little bit on the expensive side. They are more money than the studio headphones. I believe they're like $299. I have, oh no, $249. These are $249. I forgot how much the Bose Quiet Comfort are. I think that those are Three forty nine. Am I correct on that, Jess? Three Bose. They yeah, were the Bose forty nine when we bought them. Yeah, or three ninety nine on sale for three forty nine, maybe. Yeah, that was years ago. Yeah, we've had them for a few years now. I have mine are falling apart because I've used them so much. But if I, I want to get, oh, now they are gone down. They used to be two ninety nine, but you can get the pair that I have one seventy nine right now in bows, but not the silver kind. So they have gone down in price a lot. Um, the Ionic is two forty nine, and they just came out. So it really depends on how hard you work and how hard you use your tech and for how long. I think that the big kicker for that is how long are you going to wear them and where. So if you're using them for mostly for home and you're only going to use them for like Zoom calls or the occasional listening to podcasts here and there, I would totally get the um, the Ionic Shore ones. But if you're going to be using them for long periods of time and you're going to be traveling like on airplanes or you really want quiet around you when you work and you want over the ears, I would probably go with the quiet comfort, at least the quiet comfort that I got back in the day, which is the the quiet comfort 35 is what I currently have of the other ones. So I have a question. Yes. All right. So the cord for the longest cord in the world. <laughs> what ends do you have for that? Are they quarter inch and eighth inch? Is there an adapter? They are both. Yes. They come with the. Well, that's Hold the on. one for the end it would plug into, but the the end that plugs into the headphones itself, what size is that? Does that look like a special cord? It is a little one. Is this it's an this eighth inch? An eighth inch. Oh, you know what? It might look be a little different. <laughs> I just don't want to see if it's a proprietary cord or. Right. Can I buy a six-footer or three-footer? I'm not rolling over the cord with my chair and right. dragging it around and stuff like that. That's the only thing. Yeah, you can totally do it. 
I'll be honest with you, for $99, that is a buy right there, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Yeah, it is. They're really nice. And they're, again, they're, I think my favorite thing about these is how light they are. I, I was very surprised because I started to wear, first I wore the white ones, the, you know, the cordless ones. And then when I got this ones, I was like, oh, and so it, it feels so good in my ears. And the one thing that I love the most is that the ones that I'm wearing right now, which are my, our $15 ones, Jess, you have it too. They are a pain in the butt to stick in the ears. Sometimes you can't really quickly put them on. Right. I agree with that. You can't put these on like really fast. Right. So yes. And the short Carrie has a really key thing. The short cords are cat nibble resistance. Our cats destroyed when early on, because now they are little geriatric type of cats, right? So they're just chilling out. They're kind of old, but they're great. I mean, they're still great, but you can tell that they're a little older for sure. But when, when I, you know, 15 years ago, when I first met these kitties, they made us spend hundreds of dollars doing everything. Randy lost at least four separate speakers for his computer because they would go in the back and just chew them. They would just chew them. All the the modems to the internet, they would just chew them. If they were hungry, forget about it. It's the first thing that they would go do. They would just chew a cord and they would know that daddy would get up and pay attention to them. So they would destroy cords. So now they're too old to be bothered. (laughs) Right. Boo. That's exactly why I don't have pets. We, yeah. I went through the same thing. Dogs, cats, oh, and rabbits. Old kitties are a hell once they get old. They are mm-hmm. rough. I think that we're finished. All right. So I guess we will sign it on out. Thank you so much for listening to She Podcast. And if you're with us recording it live, thank you for watching this happen. <laughs> If you'd love to find us on social, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and TikTok at She Podcast. Please follow us on TikTok because it's kind of lonely to do videos when nobody watches. Um. They're also on Instagram, too, though. And let's see what else. If you want to send us feedback, you can send it to this email, feedback at shepodcast.com. We also invite you to check out the show notes and all the links from today's episode on shepodcast.com. Thank you so much for being here. We love you. Mean it. Bye. 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 Bye.